Hi, and welcome to today's podcast of Ghosting You. On this episode, I am your host, M for Murder. Before I get started on today's episode, let me first reintroduce our Ghost Town members. Raging Riker. Nightmare Nina. Um. Dial M for murder. Horrifying Hannah. Before we get started in today's episode, let me tell you about EVPs. EVPs stand for Electronic Voice Phenomenons. EVPs are used when ghost hunters are communicating with the spirits or paranormal and the spirits talk back. EVPs capture the sound that ghosts make when they're trying to communicate with the living. During this podcast, you will have a chance to listen to EVPs. Let's hear what Riker has found out during his interview with Shelby Ricker. Shelby Ricker is a former high school teacher and has been an avid ghost hunter for eight years. I, I think I, I think what kind of got me started was watching ghost hunters. I thought, oh, I have a recorder, or I have a camera, and maybe I can go and and get some evidence. And so that for the scene about two years after that, um, a dear friend of mine, his name was Tom Young, um, started a ghost busting class through the Granite Community School. So, and he would take about 25 people to all these different places that you can't just call up and say, hey, can I come over and do some ghost hunting? You know, he had some inns there, and I loved it. And it, it just kind of I got addicted to it. And it really, that's, that's kind of it. You know, he taught me a lot about how to ghost hunt, um, how to trust your own feelings and sensitivities and, and uh, you know, what, how to look at evidence. And decide, okay, is that really something or is that questionable? And just a lot about the nature of, you know, otherworldliness and things like that. Well, I heard you mentioned that, you know, when you were a child, you had some uh, experiences. What kinds of experiences uh, did you have, you know, growing up and in your life that uh, led to kind of that foundational experience and belief in, in the paranormal? Well, even when I was just a baby, I, my grandparents lived in Echo, Utah, which is up by Evanston. And my grandmother said that they put the crib in their room. And my grandmother said that she would get up in the morning and I would be pointing at the wall. There was something, you know, pointing. I'd seen something and I was pointing and staring at the wall. And then in her house, I had an experience. Um, it was after my grandfather died. I was walking up the stairs and there was something right above my head. It was like a loose curtain i'm probably at this point maybe seven or eight years old and it was like a loose a curtain i couldn't figure out why there was a curtain hanging in the middle of the stairway from the ceiling and then it vanished there's a lot of ley lines up there too and so there's some over by the mountains just there's sort of a feeling by the cemetery there that there's something there and then later on as a as an adult i i investigated the old schoolhouses there in echo and we got a photo of a young girl looking out the window and a pretty good orb, no EVPs, but some of those. And then I was trying to take a picture in the uh, Salt Lake, the Salt Lake Cemetery, and I, I just—it was just sort of—it was a—it wasn't—I wasn't trying to take a picture of a ghost or anything, but I was trying to take some pictures of uh, some tombstones. And this little boy kept poking his head out every time I tried to take the picture and so finally I walked over there and there was a group of people sitting there and I said is there a little boy over here and they said no there's no little boy but I have a picture kind of of his head a little bit anyway so those things have always happened and when I'm 
out doing investigations. Uh, I've been touched, um, gently moved out of the way, uh, pinched, tapped on the shoulder. Um, I've had things right in my ear, you know, people saying things right in my ear. And I turn around and there's no one there. Yeah, this is like... I have a different program. Yeah, this is like... I have a different program. So I've had a lot of personal experiences too. Wow, that is so interesting. That's, you know, it, it, it's for me, I feel that some people are more in tune with uh, that sort of thing than others are, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Myself, personally, I've never had these experiences, but I, I do believe in them, and I feel that there are certain types of people uh, and certain people in the world that are just kind of in tune with having those sorts of experiences, and it seems like you're one of those people. So that's yeah. I mean, it, you know, there's kind of a scale, I think, and and but everybody has those feelings. I mean, you can walk into a place and, you know, if you you can sense energies, everybody can. You know, you can walk into a room where someone has just had an argument, and you can feel the energy. Or if you walk into a theater after the audience has left, it's you can still feel that that energy. So that energy lasts. That's what I think it is. It's like an energy that lasts after we we die, and so. Um, there's, like I said, there's kind of a scale from that clear to, you know, people that, um, mediums and psychics and things like that can actually see ghosts or like ghosts enter them. And I'm just kind of, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm what's called a sensitive where I can, I can feel sometimes it's what I, what the way I describe it is when you look in the dark and the dark is looking back at you, that's how I feel about it. Um. And I can hear things once in a while, um, but that's really it. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't have any real intense powers or anything. But yeah, I think you're right. And some some people are more sensitive, but it is a sensitivity that we can develop. Every person can. That's so interesting, and I, I am curious about your operation. Um, do you receive calls from people to investigate things, or do you generally seek out places to go and investigate. I think it's, I think it's about 50-50 there. Um, a lot of, uh, I've gotten a few calls of people that um, were worried that they were possessed. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't deal with that. But, um, you know, will you just come take a look? Or sometimes we get, we get uh, friends who say, you know, something's funny is happening at our office. Can you just come and, you know, you know, do your do your thing or um you know or, or the and the seeking things out there's um there's lots of places that you can go ghost hunting in salt lake there's if you even if you don't know anyone the port douglas museum is a really great place salt lake cemetery uh murray cemetery so there's lots of places that you can just go and ask some questions take some pictures um, I don't think, I mean, this is just, this is kind of an aside, but I don't think you need a whole ton of equipment to do this. I think if you've got a good recorder and a camera and the most important piece of equipment you can take in is yourself, really. Um, how are you feeling? You know, do you, are you just walking into a place give you a headache or make you nauseous or do you get dizzy? That That's a sign that there might be some energy in that place, so... You know, it, everybody can do this. It doesn't take, you know, thousands of dollars of equipment or experience to do it. First time I went ghost hunting, 
uh, with Tom and his class was one of the best nights I've ever had as far as photography and EVPs. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not hard to do. Absolutely. And moving right off that, it's a great segue. Have you had any experiences that uh, surprised you or what, what have been perhaps your most uh, surprising experiences that you've had while uh, pursuing this? I think being touched is, 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 is very, is very strange. Cause you, you immediately think, no, no, I brushed up against something or there's somebody there trying to get past me or something. And you turn around, there's nothing there. Um, also when you hear, when everybody in a room can hear, uh, some responses, this actually did happen at the, at the Rio Grande, we were sitting in a, a meeting room and just the whole class is there and we're all asking questions and somebody asked, um, is the afterlife what you expected? And very audible to everyone came this, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So th those are surprising experiences or if you, um, I've seen a couple of pieces of spirits, I guess, um, or if you see that or, or, uh, uh, something runs past you or you see something move or those are the surprising things because that's a very physical experience that you're having with with whatever's there absolutely and that's another great segue i was just about to ask you i am curious about uh rio grande station and so uh, what do you know about rio grande station about the history and the the hauntings there and about the experiences that uh people have had uh, in that uh, location? Well, um, the Rio Grande um, was, I believe, the line that ran north. We no longer have that line. We have a line that runs uh, west. But that was the one that you hopped on to go north. Um, I do not know about any extreme things that happened at the station, you know, like a, a train wreck or something like that. But it's it has so many uh, sort of tick marks or red flags, whatever you want to say, for being haunted. Um, first of all, it is a train station. A lot of people have been through that train station um, through the years. It is no longer a train station. Um, it's a museum, and it houses a lot of Utah's uh, documents and a lot of artifacts are there. So there you have the possibility for a haunted item. Um, there's a lot of history sort of stored in in there. And it's by a railroad track. There's a theory that railroad tracks conduct ener energy back and forth. And that's another way that spirits travel. I don't know. I guess that's a theory. It's also the place where a lot of homeless people um, hang out, and unfortunately, there have been some deaths in that community, so that is there. I know that during World War II, they had milk. They, they used to they used to have what they called a milk car on the train, which kept the milk cold as it was being traveled, and those were used for bodies for soldiers going back and forth, so that their families could bury them. And they would often leave them on the tracks, you know, overnight and things like that. So there's. So, like I said, there's a lot of ways that that place can be haunted. Now, as far as famous ghosts, there's uh, the Purple Lady, 
people call her the purple lady, I guess, because they've seen her. She's dressed in a Victorian outfit with those big hats. Um, there was a, a story about uh, a woman, a bride, and there was she had an argument with her room husband to be. He threw the wedding ring onto the tracks, and she went after it to get it and was killed by a train. Um, those are really the only stories that I know about it. There might be some more, but I, I really don't know those stories. But it's and it's just a, a gorgeous, beautiful building um, to be in. And there's all little nooks and crannies and vaults and places that you can go in there. You know, I was listening to some of the recordings that you had taken in mm-hmm. that location, and, and I recall one that I thought was very fascinating, and I. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was listening, and I believe I heard someone's voice in the background asking a, a question. I couldn't catch the question, but I, I heard a voice uh, respond and say what I believe was, Ah, they're ghosting. Can you show us anything? Ah, they're ghosting. Can you show us anything? Ah, they're ghosting. Or something right. like that. I don't know. Are ghost, there goes the train. It sounds like the Rio Grande station has a lot of opportunities for paranormal activities. Let's tune in to what Nina has found. The Rio Grande Depot was built in 1912. It served as one of the primary depots where trains came and left the station. It was a busy terminal that was used really until about 1989. The most prominent story is about the Purple Lady. She was waiting for her fiancé to arrive by train. When he arrived, he told her that the engagement was over. The lady was maddened by the news and angrily threw her rein into the train tracks. She went after it to retrieve it and was killed by an incoming train. Variations of the story have her jumping into the tracks, have her running away in a you know fit of, uh, of, of being upset and tripping and falling in front of a train. Um, but that's sort of the most the most prominent one, um, and people have reported, you know, people have reported seeing strange things in the Rio Grande Cafe, in the women's bathroom in particular, is sort of the most prominent spot. People who have seen the Purple Lady have said she looks angry, as if she was still devastated over the broken engagement. Workers at the Rio Grande have also witnessed and heard other ghostly sounds coming from the depot. There have been reports of seeing lights flashing on and off, and occasional apparition sightings. Down in the basement, in the, there's a basement hallway where there's a lot of storage areas. And when it was a train station, it was actually where uh, the heating pipes for the train, the steam pipes were, they stored, you know, um, I think they stored coal down there for the trains. I'm not sure, but it was, so it was basically working tunnels underneath the trains that served the trains, serviced the trains. And, um, there was reportedly a worker down there who died at one point, and because of that was, uh, when you go down in the basement, especially at night when it's dark, it definitely has a weird feel to it. Thanks, Nina, for that chilling tale. Let's see what information Riker has found on EVPs. It was interesting. I just recall hearing that, and to me it was such a clear uh, voice of, you know, when I was listening to those EVPs, and it, it really, it, it it kind of shocked me a little bit, um, you know, because I, I've heard some of these before, you know, sometimes there's something you can kind of 
uh, barely make out, you know, or like, you know, maybe there's a voice there. Maybe, you know, I can hear something yeah. a little bit. But that one to me just sounded so clear and so crisp right. that I, I was a little, yeah. I was uh, taken aback. It sounded like someone was literally whispering right into the camcorder. Yeah, and there was, there were, there were a couple people by me at that point. And that's just kind of the thing about the EVPs. It's, it's, it's almost like they're on a different frequency than you are talking. And um, I don't know, but sometimes they stand out that way. And um, the EVPs for me, I mean, I, I am a, I'm a, I'm kind of a skeptic when it comes to people showing me evidence, um, especially photo evidence. I don't know. And all this stuff about orbs, usually orbs are dust. But when I hear those EVPs, especially when I ask a specific question and you get a specific answer, it's, it's just mind-blowing still for me. Um, I don't know if you heard the EVP. Uh, this little girl, we, we called her Olivia, singing. Did you hear that one? That as we were talking about, ask her about singing, and you hear this little on the EVP. Can you ask her about singing, if she likes to sing? Do you like to, to sing? sing? I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna call it screaming. Can you ask her about singing, if she likes to sing? Do you like to, to sing? sing? I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna call it screaming. Where was that one uh, recorded? That was in that same boardroom at the Rio Grande. Interesting. I'll have to I mean, look into guy, that. Another one. guy was whistling. It's <laughs> whistling. Um, we had some music playing. That's something that I like to do is play music, maybe from different time periods. And there, there's another one that the guy is whistling along with the music. <laughs> You like this song? Yeah. This is it. This is your song. Do you like this song? Yeah. This is it. This is your song. Um, so when you, you know, that, those reactions are, are amazing to me. That means that there really is somebody there and there's somebody interacting with you. Um, the two kinds of hauntings are intelligent hauntings like that, that they will interact with you. And then residual hauntings, which is kind of like an energy loop. And you can pick up things like that because they, a lot of times people do that on battlefields. So they're, they'll hear battlefield noises and things like that, but they can't really interact with whatever's going on. It's more just like a sort of historical, like a, a piece of time that seems to yes. r seems to repeat itself. Yes, that's a perfect rather. way to describe it. Yeah, for sure. And I am a little bit curious, uh, moving on um, from uh, Rio Grande, uh, what do you know about the Salt Lake Cemetery and some of the hauntings that we have there? Salt Lake Cemetery... Um... It's, it, I love to go there. First of all, it's huge. And there's lots of places you can just kind of sit down. The Salt Lake Cemetery, there's a, oh my gosh, there's a grave mark 666 there. 
Um, there's a there's a white lady. I think there's a white lady in every single cemetery in the entire world <laughs> wandering around. Um, when I was a kid, there was a uh, the blue lady that put flowers on graves. There was that sort of legend. Um, the Salt Lake Cemetery is, like I said, it's gigantic. And I just have, often will just go and sit down. We'll just sit down and start asking some questions. And we've gotten some really good responses there. Um, I think my favorite one, we, now I'm assuming this, there was one, in this one area, there was one man, and I believe there were four women with his last name. I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is a polygamous family. Um, so we started asking questions. <laughs> you can hear, don't talk to us <laughs> on the on the thing and a lot of times those EVPs we don't you don't hear them at the moment but you hear them later you have right to talk to us that's why we're here you have right to talk to us that's why we're here and uh, yeah it's a great place it's beautiful and there's a, a lot of places to sit down and just you know start asking some questions and see if somebody answers you I have heard about that before. There is a gravestone there marked, I believe some woman where it says she was killed by Beast 666. The Beast, yeah, I think it says the Beast 666. I, don't, I can't remember exactly what it says, but yeah, something like that. Do you know exactly what that is in reference to or why that was put there? No, and it's nobody really does. Um, there's been as many uh, guesses as to why that... It says it as, as as you ask people you ask. It's actually you know there's people that believe that there was this um, a, a satanic element there. There's another group of people that say, oh no no that was just her husband being silly and kind of a joke on her on her gravestone. So I really don't know what the backstory is on that. I suppose it's just interesting to have such a a, a bizarre uh, headstone in the cemetery. Mm -hmm. and, can add to some of the mystique about the cemetery right. alone. Um, so you talked about the one where you heard uh, someone say, don't talk to us. Are there any mm -hmm. other interesting uh, EVPs you've been able to record at the Salt Lake Cemetery? Um, we were sitting next to uh, some gravestones, and I believe the last name was Bubel. Now, I'm not sure that I'm saying that name right. When we were working, we had a... Um, there's a, a thing called a ghost box, and it's what it is is a radio that scans through frequencies very quickly, and the theory is that ghosts can use the white noise to speak. Um, and several times we heard their, that name, Bubel, Bubel, Bubel. We got that. Um, yeah, the yeah, don't talk to us. And I think there was another one that um, says we are here. And I haven't gotten any really great photographs there, but I'll continue to go, hopefully. Tombstones are fascinating pieces in a cemetery. They make us wonder what type of lives the dead once lived. Let's see what Hannah dug up about the importance of tombstones. I want you to imagine that you're in a cemetery. What do you see? And how do you feel? For me, I focus on the tombstones, which feature the names of those who have passed on. Oftentimes, they include an epitaph, which is a short piece of writing or a poem written on the gravestone itself. Some epitaphs are specified by the person themselves before their death, 
while others are chosen by those responsible for the burial. It's sentimental and romantic in nature, as it includes the statement that the deceased is sealed with. In the case of Lily Gray, who's buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery, her tombstone was marked with something much more demonic. Victim of the Beast, 666. There's no explanation as to why this is on her tombstone. Most people find it grim and unsettling. To further develop our understanding of the atmosphere of cemeteries and the significance of epitaphs, I spoke with a member of our community and a frequent cemetery goer, Elizabeth Clifford. We speak about Lily Gray and her opinion on the paranormal presence in cemeteries. I've been a cemetery goer actually for like quite some time. So Salt Lake Cemetery isn't like the one that I visit very often, but I've been there plenty of times. I've done like the whole Lily Gray and Emo's Grave and all of that, like all the spooky haunted stuff you're supposed to go do. Um, So I'm familiar with it, but I just like it. It's like peaceful. I think it's even before I had anyone to visit there, which I do, my dad is buried at Mount Olivet. So I go there quite a bit. But even before I have, like, a personal person to visit, I've always liked going and reading names and, like, seeing, you know, how old they are. And I do, like, collect photos of good epitaphs. And there are a lot at Salt Lake Cemetery because that one's super old. Is it always peaceful or does it feel different depending on the cemetery? Yes, for sure. So I'm not, like, a traveler. I like to be within a 20-mile radius of my own space. Um, but when I do travel, I go, I mean, that's like the thing that I care about seeing in other cities. So honestly, I've probably been to like under 20, but I've been to some cool ones like in New Orleans. They have huge ones just every few blocks. And those ones are cool to see. Those are kind of the ones that you feel a little bit are like haunted. They're so old and there's so much just kind of weird history there. You know, you stop on the side of the road on a road trip and there's usually at least one weird little gated spot. And it definitely depends. Like, bigger, newer cemeteries, I don't think, have the same feel as, like, the really old ones. I don't know if that means, like, you don't get to be a ghost unless you've been dead for hundreds of years, but they just seem a little bit less, like, energetic, if that makes sense, like the newer ones. There's, like, a lot going on in really old cemeteries. Mm-hmm. So this is a personal question, but do you believe in ghosts or the paranormal? I want to. I feel like it's silly to say no, because, like, what does anyone know? As far as, like, actual experiences go, I don't think that cemeteries are, like, the places where it happens, really. Um, Obviously, like, you can have an experience wherever, but I feel like... Haunted cemeteries is less of a thing than, like, haunted people, you know? Do you believe the epitaphs speak to the personality of those who are deceased? And if so, in what way? For sure. I think that's what I like about them, is that it's, I mean, it's like this little window into a person who, you know, might have been dead for, like, 150 years, but then you see someone took the time and the money and like and the the effort to think of and back in the day there was sort of like a handful that could be used like it used to be that you would just kind of pick one and that's why you see like the same ones over and over but 
Then you see one down at Mount Olivet that I really like, and it has an angel statue up at the very top, and on one side it says, I can't remember what the name is, but it says, like, My Sweet Emmy, and then on the other side it says, like, Adored Mother, and on the other side there's this really nice, uh, like, poem verse, and it's you know, again, this is in, like, the late 1800s. Like, the effort that had to go into making this was way bigger than it would be now. But this person was, like, so beloved by, like, guessing her spouse that, you know, there's, like, this eternal statue for her. And you see that a lot. I feel like you'll see ones, too, that are just pretty simple, like, an honest man at rest. It's nice to know that maybe someone took the time to think up, like, how do I sum up this person? So I always like that. Sometimes I'll go look on like family search websites afterwards. If I see like a really good epitaph, I'm like I wonder if there's, you know, more info about this person or archive photos or something. Like it just kind of, it makes people seem a lot more real than just like a name and a date. Hey, do you know anything more about the Lily Gray tombstone? I don't. She's, it's sort of a, like, history mystery. Like, there's there's not really even a lot documented about it. Um, my favorite, like, theory about it, though, is that it was, like, a joke because no one would ever know, right? Especially back then. I think we kind of forget that people really had, like, a sense of humor because you don't ever see that. Like, you don't see silly tin-type photos or whatever, but they exist. And so... I kind of think that it was just, like, if I die, like, put this thing on my headstone and just, like, mess with people. <laughs> and who knows? Like, it could be something way more sinister, but it seems kind of like a weird old-timey sense of humor thing where it probably wasn't anything that we've all built it up to be. Do you think, in terms of paranormal, it's something that people, like, want to experience so they almost perceive it that way when, in actuality, it there's other explanations as far as, like, it just being a joke or um, it's a sem- like a sentimental place. Do you think people want to view cemeteries as scary or paranormal? I think so. It's just, like, with anything, like, you find what you're looking for. Like, if you start thinking about silver Corollas, you'll see a silver Corolla every single time you leave the house. And it's not that there are all of a sudden more of them around. It's just that, like, you're looking for it. So I think if you're a person who wants to have those feelings and experiences, I don't think it's that anyone's, like, making it up necessarily, but I do think it's that, like, you're interpreting certain things happening, like, in the way that you sort of want it to be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, it could be a total coincidence, but because you're looking for it to have some sort of deeper meaning, then it feels like that. But I also think that that can, those can be like legit experiences. If you have an open mind to ghosts and spirits and all of that, I think if they exist, like that's who's going to be seeing those people who are looking for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how relevant this is. Uh, but the night my dad died, my brother and I both had some like pretty weird experiences before we even found out like what had happened. And then sort of putting pieces together, like, it seemed very much that it was related to, like, my dad's, like, spirit leading the world. And then a few days later, my other brother had enough, like, a different type of experience, but one that was related to that. So then 
right my dad died I had a panic attack before work and I just like didn't want to go like I had anxiety all the time anyway so like panicking about going to work I was like whatever like it's nothing so I went and at the same time my second brother was having a total meltdown himself and he's like not an emotional guy but he was really struggling he had just gotten a dog for his kids and like they were afraid of it he felt like he was being a bad dad like a total meltdown and my sister-in-law was like he did not cry for the birth of our children like seeing him cry is so unusual and this was all like an hour or so before we found out that my dad had died and like neither of us knew that the other one was feeling that way so we both sort of had these feelings of like was this like our dad like telling us that he was gone because he had also died probably a while before we like found him so was this sort of like was that him reaching out in some way and then my other brother had he looked exactly like my dad like Mm -hmm. spitting image and his daughter would wake up in the middle of the night and just like hysterical crying every single night and it was like clockwork she would wake up and she'd be so upset and this one night like three days after my dad died she woke up but just was like babbling into the monitor like someone was already in there with her and she kept saying like daddy daddy like she was talking to her dad and so we kind of joked but I think it's pretty sincere that like very possible my dad was in the room with my niece mm-hmm. and she just thought it was my brother because the young photos like look so similar so all of that stuff can probably be like boiled down to nothing right like that might have just been what happened but we were looking for these reasons to be like connected to my dad still when you go to cemeteries do you with your dad specifically do you ever feel like a part of him is there with you Yes and no. So my whole thing about visiting cemeteries, and when I say it's, like, peaceful, it's because, I mean, that's, like, their final resting place, right? Like, the times that I sort of feel some sort of maybe energy or sign or whatever that feels like it's connected to my dad, it's never in the cemetery. Like, that's never when I feel like, oh, like, he's here with me. You know, those are the times when three songs in a row come up on shuffle that like he loved or like or I get food that we used to go get together like those are the moments that I can like feel him around and then there are those little coincidences and in the cemetery like the thing that's nice about going there is that it's like a designated spot to go and like think about him specifically Mm -hmm. or whoever like whatever you're going to visit if it's just finding like cool old graves it's like this is a representation of who this person was but I don't think that, like, the energy there or the feelings there are very often, like, of that kind of paranormal nature. Because I think that's kind of, again, this may be getting off into, like, kind of silly territory, but if I'm, like, sitting down really thinking about what I think about all this, like, that's where they go to rest. That's, like, where your spirit is eternally, like, resting I don't know what other word to use (laughs) yeah I would use that word too here in Utah like there are some really cool like historically valuable like graves to visit like tons of Mormon leaders which like isn't everyone's cup of tea but it's still like interesting to just like read about their lives 
Um, there are all of like the haunted ones. There's one up in Ogden. I went to high school in Kiesel. And there's a part of the Ogden Cemetery where you can go and you like park your car and flash your lights and like the ghost of a girl whose boyfriend never picked her up is supposed to like come visit. Like we have tons of stuff like that. And I get that that can also be like really fun. But I think visiting cemeteries and and doing all of like the activities that's supposed to like wake up a ghost. I just think there's there's like a way to do it that's thoughtful of like these were real people and there's a way to not. And I think a lot of people get caught up in like the fun of it without remembering that like even if it was two hundred years ago, like this was someone's mother and this was someone's friend, like learning about who a person actually was instead of like what makes their grave scary, I think just like a more valuable use of time. Thanks, Hannah. Let's tune back to Riker to see what Ricker's favorite part of her job is. What do you enjoy doing the most uh, with this ghost hunting? I think, well, like I said, going into a dark, creepy place or turning the lights out, yeah, I do, I like that. But I think, my, like I said, the favorite part is just talking to people that may or may be there or may not be there. Um, and really seeing if you can get a little chunk of history from them. One of my favorite questions to ask is, because we don't know, are they in their time or do they, you know, does time pass for them? And asking, um, uh, what it, you know, what's the year for you? What's going on for you? And, um, you know, you get answers like, well, so who's the president in your time? And they'll say something like, uh, Herbert or Truman or whatever, you know, whatever the president is. But I think the get training at the EVPs and just the thought that they might be there is really the the thing I like the most. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to know more about EVPs, please visit the website afterwardsparanormal.com. Here you can find EVPs from several haunted places in the Salt Lake area. Tune in next episode for our chilling personal encounters with the supernatural.